0: I'm not going to fall back on on doing anything except the work that I want to do now. Luckily for me, that means that work is in a lot of different areas, but it is you have you have to you have to believe the universe is, is working with you.
1: Welcome to the Black Business of Broadway, a podcast brought to you by the Broadway League and Black to Broadway. Here we highlight the stories, how to and successes of the Black professionals and legends of Broadway. I'm your host, Janine Scott. Today's guest is Broadway veteran and advocate T. Oliver Reed. T. Oliver has spent the past 20 years working on Broadway shows such as Hades Town, Once on This Island, Sister Act, Mary Poppins, Thoroughly Modern Millie, and Kiss Me Kate, to just name a few. He's produced and directed concerts for 54 Below and continues to work in film and television. He is also a faculty uh, instructor at NYU and Columbia University, along with other schools and institutions. He sits on the board of visitors for the University of North Carolina School of the Arts and is the co-founder of the Black Theater Coalition, T. Oliver, what can't you do? <laughs> I'm serious. You you dance, you sing, you direct, you produce, you advocate. I, listen, what else?
0: I, I I I come from a background, and we, we I I give all honor to my 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 grandmother, who's no longer with us, but also all blame to her. And when I was, I think I was probably eight or nine years old, and it was one day we we were sitting in her car, and I remember her saying, "You have to pay attention to everything," and from that point on. I really did. Like, I I got in trouble some days because in college, there's one, I remember we, I got to go sing at the Governor's Mansion in North Carolina with a couple other singers from uh, the University of North Carolina School of the Arts. And I remember walking into one of these main rooms and the the person who was, I guess, probably their PR person, I remember looking at her and going, there's Lynn over there and you got three candles out over there and that light bulb's out over there. And, because not thinking anything of it except... I know y'all want to make sure this room looks perfect for whatever is about to happen. These things aren't ready. Uh, but so I, I come by that naturally with the, I need to do this and I need to be able to pay attention to what's going on in all these other areas. So, you know, as early as my, like my first Broadway show, it wasn't just about being on the stage. It was paying attention to what the director was doing, what the choreographer was doing, what they were saying to the lighting designer. So I had a little bit of knowledge in a lot of different areas but you can you can blame you can blame Mildred Jackson Sadler for that thank you very much
1: <laughs> okay miss sadler yes. grandma sadler
0: <laughs> that's it that's the one that's it
1: so you are originally from north carolina as you mentioned and you've been performing since you could walk and talk pretty much <laughs> that's what it says in your bio yeah. um, so it's safe to assume that you had your your family's support so how did you get to where you're at now? Because we know many black folks, the arts just aren't seen as a viable career. Yeah. Um, it, it, the means of support, you know, and we get it because of the history. Um, mm-hmm. And our each generation wanted us to do better than the mm-hmm. next generation. And so they, they just don't see this. How, how did you get here? And what was that support system like, especially yeah. in an industry where we're traditionally shut out?
0: Yeah, I mean, I... I wish that I could tell you that there was a very there was a straight trajectory for me uh but I have I, I looked around in those early years and I saw that things were happening for a lot of other people and I, I had to keep reminding myself that that's not your journey so that when I saw someone who went when they, when they were first getting their Broadway show or whatever these things were they were getting their first you know principal on Broadway it's like that's not your journey and you have to remember that it's like I, I had the support of family early on. I mean, my entire family is extremely musical. I come from a, a family of educators, and for some reason, the idea of being, going into music, going into being a singer, sort of full time and using and having that as a profession and as a career, didn't seem odd to anyone. And there were there was never an obstacle other than for myself. My I was the person putting mm-hmm. the obstacles in the way. I I remember in. Uh, in high school thinking I wanted I loved architecture I still do and I was like I want to go into architecture and but I also knew it was like singing would always be a part of my life it's, it's not one of those things that oh I don't want to do it professionally so I'm never going to sing again it's like if that's the road I'm going down then great but if that's not the road or if that's not my journey then I'll still sing in church I'll still sing here I'll still do any of these things so it was always it would always be a part of my life no matter what but it was There were a couple of lucky things that just happened over and over. One was my senior year in college. uh, The director of our opera that year, Victoria Bussard, who runs the Baldwin Wallace University Theater Program, she came in. She was also directing this second national tour of Once in This Island, was going out, and she asked me if I would audition for it. So three days after graduating from college, I was working professionally on this second national tour Bus and truck. Wow. Let me tell you of, wow. of once on this island, and and for you know a couple of years of of doing some tours and things before I moved to New York and started auditioning, and and the universe kept bringing people into me who were who were who were luckily for me and and happily they were happily giving me advice and telling me exactly what I needed to do, and like some of those are one of one of my dear friends still Paula Leggett Chase who I met early on right after I I joined equity and said to me you need to take this job not that job this job is going to help wow. you meet these people so that's what that's the direction you need to go and those moments continue to happen but I think it was the the vocal and non-vocal support of my family that allowed me to say I can do this and I can move to New York and I and there's going to be an opportunity for me now don't get me wrong there there were days early on that it was are you going to get that 99 second 99 cent chicken nugget at Wendy's? Or are you <laughs> going to take the train today because those early days were were bleak? But it was soon after that I realized, you know, it's like there's so much work in this country and in this city that the thing I I was like, I I'm I'm not going to fall back on on doing anything except the work that I want to do now. Luckily for me, that means that work is in a lot of different areas, but it is you have you have to you have to believe the universe is, is working with you and I, I stand by what Andre De Shield says all the time is the universe is conspiring with you and you have to repeat that yes. to yourself and remind yourself of that because otherwise, all these other things will get in the way until you know until you why it can't happen and why it shouldn't happen. But if you just listen to the universe, and, and for me, I, I still call that God. So for me, it's like it is. But however you look at it, however you look at what is what that higher power is, there is something that is always leading you in the direction that you need to go. And sometimes it's getting rid of all that other noise to say, oh, yeah, this is what I said I wanted to do. I said it a year and a half ago. And the universe has been waiting for me to actually get back to that place so that we can step forward together.
1: Oh, my God. Okay. This is totally off script, but I just did an interview earlier today, uh-huh. and this is like the theme for today. And I feel really? like there is somewhere, there is a message out there for me somewhere it's, it's, <laughs> that I listen, must need to hear. Because and
0: you know, it's like, it, it is that thing sometimes it, it is it is the it is God of the universe tapping you on that shoulder saying, um, excuse me, ma'am. And sometimes that that tap becomes a little shove of the back, and then sometimes it is, as my grandmother would tell you, it yes. is a smack on the back of the head because you weren't listening and the universe is trying to get you to where you want to go.
1: Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. So all right, we're not gonna have a praise, praise <laughs> <in the
0: letters. laughs> Let me get my tambourine. Where's well, my tambourine?
1: To... <laughs> oh boys in another room. <laughs> Well, you mentioned Andre DeShields, who is uh, who is an oh, my gosh, an icon. And um, every time every time I see him, I am just in awe. Um, Mm -hmm. But you recently made headlines um, by going on as a fate, uh, which you lovingly call. Auntie Fate, yes. <laughs> can you talk to me about the importance of this moment? Because soon after, Tomas mm-hmm. went on as the first non-binary fate.
0: Yes. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's so interesting because in the midst of it, it seemed to me, it's like, it, it is the job that I had to do. So that's what I do. That's what I do day in, day right. out. It's like, I go and exactly. do my job. But it was the and I'll, I'll I'll circle back a little bit. Like when, when 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 we were in rehearsals initially, because I was dance captain of the show, it was always this funny thing. Because the dance captain knows every track. Oh, at some point you may have to go on for a fate. A fate. And at that point, we called my fate side pony. Side pony may have to go on. We made fun of that always. It was never a big deal. Uh, but so I know all the choreography. I know most of the, almost everyone's music from the show just because it's in my mm-hmm. head. Uh, and that Tuesday before this all happened on Wednesday, the Tuesday before we knew they were going to be, we we're going to be down to only four workers on. So we were going through, we knew exactly what the show was going to be, what we were cutting, what we were changing, et cetera, et cetera. That Wednesday morning I got up, I was like, I'm going to go to the gym and just clear my head, got to the gym, got a call from stage manager. Okay. We're down to three workers. So everything that we had done and was in my head is like, all that has to change. So we got to the theater went through the entire show of all of those changes, all the things we we're going to have to do. And then one of the people who was on for a fate that afternoon, they escorted them out of the building, me that they had just tested positive. So as they were going out of the building, we all looked around and I looked, I remember looking at stage management and saying, why don't we, cause they were canceling the that day. I was like, so why don't we use this time to go over some fate music? So we did that. Our, our wardrobe designer ran down to Macy's to find some chiffon gowns that maybe they could put me in. And th- then our makeup designer said, we should go get some makeup now. I was like, oh yeah, we should. And we walked over to Alcone, got makeup, came back. I was like, do I have to shave? And they're like, no. So beat my face, got the, <laughs> got the costume on, got the makeup on, ready to walk on stage. And it wasn't until I stepped on stage and I looked out and I saw a few young people and their mouths were like, jaws like hanging to their laps and i realized this is the first time that some some of them realize that there is a place for them on broadway because they they are seeing themselves in a way that they had not before uh so it wasn't until then that it really hit me and then and then having tomas be able to go on and and share their story as a non-binary human being Mm -hmm. and and live in that space as well it's like that that we are we are we are still we are still in the business of showing people that things are possible that what we thought yes. was reality doesn't have to be reality reality can be whatever we want it to be and and these young these young people who who are non-binary or or don't identify as anything but realize that there is a possibility for them if they can do it if they have the talent if they can sing it if they if they can if they can dance whatever all these things are it's like there there's possibility for people that just didn't realize that or or think or hope that they could ever be on a Broadway show. I, I think of, uh, Oh gosh, I'm forgetting. I, I forget everybody's names now. Allie, who was yes, in right. uh, Oklahoma, who is, oh, yes. uh-huh. who, who, yes, who yes. is, uh, wheelchair bound and mm-hmm. winning Allie Soaker and winning, winning a, a Tony award being in a Broadway show, a musical in a wheelchair it's like, like she was able to show so many people that 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 is possible, which means that they have a possibility as well. So I think that what what I was able to do and Tomás was able to do really, really amplified that and was showing a new a new group of, of performers, of actors, of singers, of musicians, that there is a possibility for them.
1: Speaking of possibilities, mm-hmm. pre-pandemic, post-pandemic. yes. You know, uh, can you talk about the changes that you see Broadway undergoing, especially as the co-founder of the Black Theater Coalition? Yeah, it's,
0: uh, I have to show you, like, again, it's like when, when Warren Adams, my, my co-founder, and I started having conversations, uh, and then when we looped Reggie Van Lee, and it was about seeing about the change that we knew was possible Uh, we didn't, I don't think we ever realized that there was as much work that needed to be done and needed to be done ASAP. And this is not, a oh, we can do just a little bit and then we'll move on. It's like, as we started, there were so many things You're like, oh, you need to do this and you need to do this. Uh, It is, it is, it feels like there were a lot of people who were ready to do the work that just needed a push or needed support. And I think that, uh, that, in the midst of the pandemic and George Floyd's murder and everything else, it was a moment for, for so many who are in positions of power working in the American theater. So not only on Broadway, but all these regional theaters, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. They needed, mm-hmm. they needed a pusher. They needed to know that there was support. So we look at, you know, Broadway advocacy coalition, black theater, United black theater coalition, all these organizations who are who were able to bolster and say, we 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 want you to do the work and we are here to support you and lead you and and be on this journey with you. Uh, it it allowed a lot of people to really to really step forward. I mean and the yeah. hard part for us was people wanted to step forward where people had been out of work for, you know, over a year and these offices right. had no money coming in. So it's like how how do we not only support them uh I would say spiritually, but also, you know, physically, mm-hmm. but also, you know, help them find funding so that we could make sure that there were fellows and apprentices that were working on these shows and were, were being placed in positions to build relationships. Cause you know, you know, Wait. this business is built on relationships and built on good relationships all day. All,
1: all, day. Day. all day.
0: So we want to make sure as many people as possible, were getting those opportunities. And, you know, over this past year, 40 plus apprentices and fellows working on shows and working in offices, the change has begun. It, it is, it is, there's much more to do and much more to do so that our, our Asian brothers and sisters and Latin brothers and sisters are also a part of this journey. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I, it is, it is really, it's heartening. It is, it's, it's so impressive for me to see the the amount of change that's happened again. There's still a lot, there's still a lot room for improvement and, And I think we all know that and and whether people are able to take, you know, these leaps and bounds and making change or they're taking baby steps or they're in a holding position trying to figure out where they're going to go or what they're going to do. For me, the goal is to be there and be ready for them.
1: Exactly. Can you talk about the difference between the apprenticeship fellowship and an internship, because I think a lot of people get confused and you're not placing interns. You're placing fellows, people who are, I'm going to let you talk. Yeah. No, no,
0: it's okay. And part (laughs) of that, Janice, because we, we, we have stricken the word intern from our vocabulary, mostly because the internships that we have known have normally gone to fairly affluent white girls who, whose parents can afford for them to work for a summer or a year away from home and pay their rent and it'll still have them be able to go out to bars and have drinks and have a great time and do all these things. So many right. people don't have that type of financial support or, or any type of support to be able to do something like that. So we really are focusing on, on the idea and the ideal of having fellowships and apprenticeships uh, in as many places as possible. The fellowships for us are a longer a longer term. Uh, our, our initial goal was for them to be 12 months so that people could really immerse themselves in whichever area of the business they wanted to be in. So whether that's being a company manager or set design or lighting design, costume design, uh, musical director, et cetera. So that you have 12 months of financial support so that you're not working two or three additional jobs, but you can really eat, sleep, breathe and live musical theater. This business, again, like we, we just said about relationships is built on being able to, you know, at six o'clock when you're walking down the street and people going to their theater to know who those people are, maybe be able to introduce yourselves. Also to be able exactly. to go to those shows at night and see what's going on in front of house, backstage, et cetera. But if you are only doing this nine to five and then you have to go to a secondary or, or a tertiary job because that's how you are able to survive, then you're missing out on, on the making mm-hmm. of theater. So for us, you know, so most of them are 12 months, except for the general management fellowships, which are 24 months because with our general management partners, uh, the seven general management offices that we, we work with. It was about making sure that over those two years, those those fellows actually leave and they have they have the goods to actually go to work. And that's the other yeah. thing for us. We, we said to many of our many of our partners, like we don't want this to be a they're getting coffee and sitting in a quarter. Now, if, exactly. if everybody in your office gets coffee at some point, absolutely fine. But this is not about someone being in and what would normally be that intern and sitting and getting coffee and hopefully getting information because they've been listening. Let's get them working. Let's get them in. And you're giving them information and making sure that at the end of these fellowships, they know exactly what's going on. The apprenticeships are all a uh, short amount of time, depending on our again, again initial goals were as shows were reopening or new shows were coming in and they had their full teams already to make sure that there were people of color who were part of those teams. And so whether it's being a part of a show from the end of rehearsals through opening night, some lasting longer, uh, the first of those was company. Now we've done it with upwards of, uh, 12 to 15 shows. We have people who are, who will be on bad Cinderella, people who are on, mm-hmm. uh, on K-pop, uh, Leopold Stott, um, and, and so on and so on. But those are just a shorter amount of time, but still being able to work with with the company managers, general managers, being able to work with the creative teams in their process of getting these shows open.
1: And you're changing lives because these individuals, many of them I've had an opportunity to meet, are getting jobs.
0: They are getting jobs. I We, we, we had our, our staff meeting this morning and literally was talking about uh, there are many fellows who are doing this, but one in particular who it's just like job after job after job. And it's because, and she says, "All she te- texts me all the time. It's like, I cannot thank you enough for this. Like, um, And I said to her, there's like, ma'am, you did the work. We, we got you in that first door, but you showed up and showed out. You showed them that you yeah. had all of the goods to do exactly what you were doing. They just would have never, they would have never seen her known her name because she was not already in their in their circle or in their sphere, and right. that again for us is right. again is is the is the was the initial goal. It's like to open those doors to make sure there are room at tables for people who had not historically been at those tables, and and there are several right. who are who are you know get get gold stars for the work that they have done and how they have taken this this opportunity and really blossomed into who we knew they could be.
1: Exactly, you're create, This is about generational wealth.
0: Absol- oh, absolutely, um, of a community. Yeah,
1: and this this is. I'm. It, you know, I I love I love the I love your program. I love this program. I love the Thank initiative. You. I love the coalition. Um, I, I've made no secret about
0: <laughs> that. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate, we appreciate that
1: seriously i mean i think about the generational wealth that you're creating within a community i think about how you are showing not just other folks that we belong in those spaces we just needed an opportunity but you're showing us that we belong in those spaces and all we needed was an opportunity
0: well and and one you know again it's like and, and i know you know this it is it is that thing of being able to see someone in a position and say oh this person looks like me. Maybe I can do that too. And if, if we, when we walk into these theaters, these, which have been historically white spaces and we don't see anyone who looks like us when we enter the door, we don't think that mm-hmm. it's a place that is safe or welcoming of us, even though we have given the money for our ticket. If we don't see people around those theaters or people coming to us and saying, there's a, if you, you don't sing after dance. Great do you have interest in music? Cause there are plenty of other places that you can find careers mm-hmm. in music. If do you have interest in, uh, in other places of you do this and that, or or do you, you, did you think because you're going to law school that there is not entertainment law, so you can't actually combine those two things. There are all these, it's just about the off offering opportunities, offering choices up to these, these young people, whether they're between nine and 12, whether they're graduating from high school, whether they're in the middle of college programs and trying to figure out how to, combine a love for something that they had with what they think they need to do because, mm-hmm. because that's what our families have told us is the way to make money. And what we're finding more and more in this, this, this younger generation is like, it's, it's about being able to survive and be comfortable, but it's also about finding that thing that you're gonna to love to do for the rest of your life or, or for the next five years or 10 years and not be in the rat race that our, our parents and grandparents thought was yeah. what needed to be the norm. just go to ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy cards issued by sutton bank and celtic bank members of dic terms and conditions apply judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com
1: it's my little escape
0: now judy's the life of the party
1: oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon
0: whoa take it easy judy <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.
1: Ch-ch-chumba.
0: ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: So how do you balance working within existing structures and calling out practices that need to be changed?
0: Uh, it's my, my thing is and it's something that I always do my best to, to live by. And and I do my best also not to use the word try. Cause anytime somebody tells me they're going to try mm-hmm. to do something, that just means they're not going to do it. <laughs> they just don't want to tell you yet. <laughs> so I do my best to, to, to lead with kindness. And again, it's, it's the things like, if I would not appreciate someone speaking to me in a certain way, then I'm not going to speak to someone else in that way. And I'm I'm mm-hmm. going to ask people mm-hmm. who are around me to do the same thing. It's like, how do you lead with kindness? How do you call someone, how do you call someone out or call someone in and say, I, I'm noticing that these are these are habitual things for you, or I'm noticing that this is what is going on. How can we fix this? How do we fix this? And this is not again mm-hmm. not a, not a point of finger at someone, but a uh, how do how do I have a conversation with someone and say, this this is something that we need to address. This is something that we need to see if we can fix this together. How how can I help you with that, or how can I support you, whatever that thing is? But if it's just throwing if it's throwing smoke bombs, if it's pointing fingers then everybody puts their, their guards up. And, <laughs> and no, matter, <laughs> no matter how much you wanna work or how, how, how much that person needs support or how much they wanna do the right thing, when you start pointing fingers and calling people out, yeah. guess what? Everybody does this, they cross, yeah. those, they cross those arms and no work gets done. So for me, it's like, how do I lead with kindness and how do I continue to do that so that, so that we can make the change that we want to make? Because at the end of the day, it ain't about me. I, I, right. I, I am a conduit for what needs to happen, for, for what God, the universe, put into my brain, into my mind, and, and then the universe brought the right people around so that we could do some work. But it's, at the end of the day, it's, it's not about me. It's, it's about making sure that this next generation gets the opportunities that, that they, are, they're, they are capable of handling and that they deserve.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, my final question, speaking of the next generation, uh, speaks to the next generation. Um, actually, you know what? Before no. we do that, I w- I would like for you to give um, to give your to give the website to give some information for if anybody wants to either apply or wants to help to support uh, the coalition. Yes, could you give that information?
0: Absolutely. Uh, if you would like to just get some information on on Black Theater Coalition you can go to blacktheatercoalition.org and that's T H E A T R E that good old that good old English spelling Black yes blacktheatercoalition.org uh that has all the information that has information on our fellowships and our apprenticeships also if if people just want to donate a little money you can also donate there and for those who want to be a part, uh, whether it's a fellowship or apprenticeship, there's information on those as well on the website. So you can leave your information in the database. You can also go ahead and apply, leaving your resume, et cetera, because uh, the, these are open-ended. So the, the apprenticeships are happening as the Broadway season does. So there are many that happen this fall. There are many more that will happen in the spring. Um, yeah, and just... Uh, you can go to Instagram, Black Theater Coalition, as well as, even though I don't want to say it Twitter, because who knows who knows how long Twitter's Ooh, gonna be around because yeah. you know she's having mm. a minute. A
1: long minute. She's having a long
0: minute. She's going through some stuff, but we listen, we go, we go we go we go stay there with her for a minute longer until she goes until she goes off the deep end. But yeah, so you can yeah. you can follow us at at on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter at at Black Theater Coalition. Uh, and and honestly, you know whether whether it's financial or just that good spiritual support, mm-hmm. uh, we appreciate it because this this again is a this is a this is a journey that we are all on together. And and for us, it's we we started you know in the Broadway box, but it's also about how do we change regional theater how do we change yes. college programs so that young black people who are going into the programs see themselves and young black people who are thinking about going into these programs uh are supported and how then also do we with a lot that broadway league is doing as well it's like when when we're looking at these kids 9 to 12 etc it's like how do we once they have that spark of interest in the theater how do we hold their hands and make sure that they keep it and yes. how do we show them all the directions that they can go uh, and the American theater, you know, and that's whether they want to come to New York or they want to stay in their hometowns because we both know mm-hmm. a lot of people love being where they are. I, yeah. I, I talk to friends all the time, a friend of the friend who's in tech and he's working for a company and they were always trying to get, they were, they were trying to get interns to come and they were going to, you know, historically black colleges and universities to get them. And many of them was like trying to get them to go to San Francisco for the summer. It's like some of these kids had never been on a plane. Some of these people mm-hmm, have never mm-hmm. been out of some of these, these states. Exactly. So, so the idea of, of them going that far away from family, they, they have to have that support system to understand. It's like, we got you. We're, we're, we're taking right. you here for this amount of time, but we are, we're going to support you. We're not, we're not leaving you at the bus station. We're not leaving you in exactly. the airport. We're going to support you. So for us, it is that thing. It's like, if there are people who aren't ready to come to New York, how, how do we support them where they are? And for those who are ready to come to, to New York, Truly, how do we support them as they begin to find their way in this business and to find their careers?
1: And I love, and that's one of the things that I really love about um, what you all have established is that it is it is a network and you teach and you help to um, facilitate that network within the industry, but it's also a network within each other and yeah. that they support and edify yes. one another mm-hmm. and it it goes against the trope, the racial trope that we're crabs in a barrel yeah. because Absolutely it, it is not no. that way at all. It is all but, about the edification of one another and helping yeah. the other person to succeed and to be the best them that they yeah. can.
0: And Gina, I gotta tell you like, and it may be and there may have been a time that it, it was more more crabs in that teeny tiny barrel, but mm-hmm. I gotta tell you there when there there was a group of us uh, when I was doing lots of audit in those early years. That uh, that it was like you 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 someone casting would bring in you know twelve fifteen black men and we'd all look around we we're like somebody's getting a job today because this is this right, is isn't us and a, this is not but but the great thing was that one was getting a job because it wasn't us coming into a room with a bunch of other people we know oh y'all just brought us in to see us you were hiring those six blonde boys those six dark haired boys that one redhead you were hiring them this was a, these were the days it was like they were just bringing in men of color we we're like great, a man of color is getting a job today and we are all okay with that because we are all going to turn it out. So whoever turned it yeah. out the most today is getting that job, but we, we were happy for, for whoever that was. We want, we want, BTC wants the whole of the American theater industry to understand like we are happy for everyone who's getting that opportunity. We know that there are more opportunities out there. We know that there are more yes. chances. So we want to make sure that we are, we are opening as many doors as we can. We are, we are sticking our feet in those doors. We are holding them open for whoever needs and is ready to walk through them.
1: Yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, so now yes. for the final question. <laughs> what is one piece of advice you'd like to share with the Black future leaders of Broadway?
0: stop waiting for someone else to do what is already in your heart. And that is the thing that has been the thing for me. It's like I, I for many years, like whether it's coming up with ideas or something else is like, why are you waiting for someone else to do what God, the universe has already put on you? It that just means it's time for you to step forward with that idea. And because you stepped forward, guess what's going to happen? People yeah. will, people will come to you because you have taken that first step. So I think it, I think it is it. So it's twofold. When you have the idea where you have something that, you know, needs to be done, go ahead and do it and trust that the universe will be there with you as well.
1: Absolutely. Let your gift make way. I'm with it. Yes. yes. Love it. I love it. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. It has been uh, a pleasure. It's
0: so good. It's so it's it's I don't get to see your your beautiful smiling face enough. We have to change that in the new year. (laughs) Yes,
1: we do. Yes. I will see you next week, though. I will see you at your event. So I am. I am looking forward to that and I hope you, I hope you, I hope you're feeling well. Thank you. I want to thank our guests and you, our listeners. You could have been doing anything else, but you chose to spend your time with me and I am grateful. Be sure to subscribe at bpn.fm so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, tell a friend. I'm your host, Janine Scott, and we at the Broadway League Hope you enjoyed this episode of The Black Business of Broadway. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower
0: backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work